Hello, friends. If you're here for Ben Shapiro's sex tips, you've come to the wrong place. Welcome to some GeekCast Live. It's a trap! It's uh, it's episode 400 of the GeekCast Live podcast. I'm your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass. Where'd you go? It's May the 4th, and may it also be with your... Force Ghost. <laughs> Happy Star Wars Day, Happy everyone. Star Wars Day. The only holiday Happy. that matters legally. Yeah, that's, tr- that's true. The banks weren't open today. That's true. Yeah, well, when you got a Force Ghost for president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> picked the wrong time to do that just then. <laughs> when you have a Force Ghost for president. <laughs> What happened to what? Well, I, I don't know. We can't get that political that early. Nonsense. Um, how's everybody doing today? <laughs> well, you know, if there's if there's one thing that's true about Star Wars, it has never been about politics. That's no famously that's true. true. It's obviously just red means bad, blue means good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the good guys don't wear face covers. Right. No. Right. right. No, because they are the face, right? I mean, yeah. they're they're definitely not the heel. They're the they're the they're, they're what you're supposed to see. Yeah. Why would you just? Oh. Why would you hide Harrison Ford's face? You just it's it's Harrison Ford. Because it belongs in a museum. <laughs> oh, it really man. does. God, I'm I'm picturing him as like an, an eccentric old kook who does put his face in a museum after he dies. I watched the most wholesome Star Wars adjacent YouTube video of all time. Oh, oh. it's uh, it's the one where they they uh, they play the Star Wars theme outside of John Williams' house. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah. And John Williams actually comes out and says, "Like I didn't think you'd get there, but you actually got there." <laughs> Oh, bless his fucking spirit. He's yeah, awesome. for real. He's terrific. What did you guys do for Star Wars Day? Well, anything special? Uh, anything yeah. exciting? The same thing I do uh, every May 4th. Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. I sit down with a, uh, a DK brand Star Wars themed coffee table book. And I turn to the page where they they have... Uh, mm-hmm. Like excised and blown up the lightsaber to great detail, showing all sure. the parts therein. And I finally remember the time my <laughs> cousin's husband, a huge Star Wars guy, uh, <laughs> almost wept with joy because he knew they fucked up. Because <laughs> now we know how to make one <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's what i do every may 4th i think of a simpler time when there was this grown man child who <laughs> thought oh my god i can make a lightsaber now we just gotta find the crystals he said that you just need the he crystals. said we just need the crystals and we all went yep that's exactly right that's you're, how it works you're you cracked the code <laughs> You're a you're a regular you're a regular Robert Langdon. You are incredible. <laughs> the best, the great man. sage and eminent symbologist Steve Drexler. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! Oh, God. old donkey punch himself. Old donkey punch himself. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him, and God bless our troops. <laughs> die yellow may, around the old oak tree. May, may they die across the galaxy, which mm-hmm. is also my favorite part of the Empire. Star Wars. Uh, when when Star Killer Base 
um, shoots the lasers that are going to destroy that city. Mm-hmm. It, uh, sure. Um, it would take it about 30 years for, for the laser. <laughs> At light there. speed. Uh, yeah. Do you want to know the God the the stupid fucking reason they have in universe as to why oh it happens so quickly? Me. Yes, I they, do. This is what Star Wars episode four hundred of this podcast is right. supposed to be about. We're gonna get into the fucking deep shit here. All right, so um, I believe that this was uh, something that had come up in the Leia book. Uh, I'd have to double check on that. Uh, but the uh, the pseudoscience behind it is that the Starkiller base um, was using the kyber crystals and this like advanced uh, imperial technology to shoot it through hyperspace. So it oh. wasn't actually traveling at FTL speeds through space. It was technically moving through hyperspace. Uh, that'd but do it. It was like, all right. That'll, so that being said, it was it was like some sort of <laughs> sub hyperspace because whenever things actually move into hyperspace, it's like a technically like a pocket dimension that's a wormhole, right? I was just gonna say the one thing that is famously true of hyperspace is that you can see everyone moving through. Right, exactly. Which is it, it, exactly it's never happened. Like famously, like you see people like they're jumping to hyperspace, they're there, and then all of a sudden, gone. They like extend into a beam of light and then they disappeared. Yep. Uh, they also they also definitely appear uh, right. as though they've been traveling the whole time. Right. Um, what does what would what would speed do to the actual atoms and molecules that are there in creating the laser? Does that speed that they are traveling and the fluctuation and temperatures and wavelength, you know, like a Doppler effect, would that affect the laser in any way? I know oh, that'd be neat. Uh, if only anybody ever put that much thought into like the actual science oh, side of Star don't, Wars. Well, you know what? Because it's Star Wars, and because Star Wars isn't science fiction, it is one. Well, it is it's definitely yeah. yeah it's it, science it, this is about. this is one of those things that they can get away with because you're not supposed to say how does it actually work. Right. It's it's space science, and like why is it? It, the it works because. It works because the plot needs it to. I say it works because it works. Yeah. Why is Captain Panaka flying a real sleek looking ship from the past when we have boxy X wings, Y wings, B wings, and A wings? Well, all right. So that um, ah, that's what episode four right. hundred's all about. All right. So I've got a thought on that. Firstly, um. So most of the X-Wings and shit that you see uh, and all of like the old dusty, like boxy ships, we spend most of our time in the the original trilogy out in the Outer Rim and Tatooine, Yavin 4, uh, Hoth, Bespin, all of these places that are pretty far away from the Imperial core or what would have been like the core of the Republic. Uh, or even like the mid rim or the colonies or anything like that. Anything that's like really centralized in the big galaxy map. We spend our times like out on the fringes of um, the galaxy. So you're going to have uh, nearly as many, uh, I, I guess, like sleek, um, like Porsche looking ships out in the middle of like Waro, Mexico or something like uh, I was just pulling a place from thin air, but like the Juarez, I think is what I meant. Juarez. Uh, anyway, Juaro Mexico is my War, favorite Star Wars character. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. He's great. Bounty Smuggler. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, so like my thought would be, you don't have nearly as many um, resources out there. You're going to have a lot of ships that have been like maintained by individuals rather than like, fleet crews and all sorts of shit like that. Uh, and the the Outer Rim is generally just a more hostile environment, both um, like planet side and in terms of people out there. So you've got people that are going to be trying to shoot at your ship, um, strip it for parts, do whatever they can with it. Whereas the inner core, you've got the Republic or you've got the Empire. And if you're fucking around in there, you're 
fucking around in a place that you probably shouldn't be. Not that you can't get away with it, but so that would be my thought. Like it's just different time periods and additionally like different positions in the galaxy with different like socioeconomic um, resources. Fascinating. Those are my knee jerks, at least. I just figured it was a uh, thoughts. I think that makes perfect sense. I uh, I don't know who Captain Panaka is, but uh, he's the captain of the uh, Naboo Guard. He's the one that's running around with Padme oh, in the first. Gotcha. Level. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, your I mean your argument is compelling, and I uh, I also think that uh, if the ship works, why would you get a new ship? Yeah. I also, especially with the uh, the bureaucracy of Naboo, just feels like that'd be a thing that would happen. And Naboo also, since they were kind of like, so, so they were an independent system, right? They didn't actually um, oh, yeah. vig yeah. up to the Republic. They were in, uh, in an independent system, and uh, I believe the Medrem. Right, until uh, they were cripped by, so, tricked by those crafty Jedis. Right, that's exactly right. <laughs> uh so they um, they didn't have nearly as much uh, like a nearly as uh, expansive trading network uh, to try and bring themselves into the fold. There was like a growing movement to try and join the Republic. There was a big um, movement that was trying to you know keep them independent. Um, and Naboo had a pretty decent resources um financially and were able to invest pretty heavily into their own defense fleets uh a lot of the ships that you see like the the super sleek silver one that panaka's yeah. flying around and padme's flying around or the n ones uh the yellow ones the, the yellow ones yeah the yeah. n1 fighters they those are all manufactured on naboo by like different like manufacturing noble houses um so there those are like all very specialized to Naboo specifically and are usually like passed around by like the the elite uh in in those circles like I wasn't being f- facetious whenever I was like trying to describe it as a Porsche like those are those are upper end starcraft that are bought and played with by nobles of houses who have had money for a real long time so Uh, nice. Transitioning off that just a little bit, I'm curious. Do you guys have any favorite starships or starfighters from Star Wars? If so, what are they? Are we uh run the gambit? If you've got a favorite ship from the most obscure Star Wars, go for it. No, I didn't know if it was a, a like. Are we go like? It's the Millennium Falcon, right? But we're not. We're not going to go there. Why waste? You can the if you time? want. The Millennium Falcon is super sweet. I'm a huge fan of the Slave One of the Fire Spray. Uh, those seismic charges from Episode Two, like every fucking time, I could hear that sound in my head, and it's fantastic. Uh, it's a gnarly fighter. Uh, it's got such a cool storied history that goes along with it, uh, and it. Uh, it's one of those things that I really feel like just kind of completes the Django Fett and Boba Fett character. Like you've got the helmet, you've got for Django, his two blaster pistols for Boba, the uh, E-11 carbine or the flamethrower, the Mando helmet, and then the Slave One. Uh, Also the missile, you got to tuck your head down to shoot. Yeah, exactly. The super practical (laughs) deck missile. Look at my feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the slave one would be probably be mine. I do love the N ones though; they are so fucking cool looking, and I just have a soft spot for Phantom Menace. So nice. The wild card mm-hmm. is 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 my favorite ship because it's a uh, it's just it's like an it's just like an ugly rust bucket. <laughs> but but it's just the facade, right? Because the whole inside of it is like this super high tech base of operations for Talon Card and his smugglers. Yeah, I just love that. I think that Absolutely. that's. I think that that's fucking wild. It's also, I think, 
I think they're um, the biggest miss of the episodes seven, eight, and nine. And we could, there's a lot of misses I think we'd all agree on. Yeah. To me, there the are biggest, some hits, but there are oh, a lot there's, of misses. Oh, there's hits. Absolutely, there's hits. But there are, I think the whole um, killing of Han Solo was so beautiful and so awesome and so sad and so poignant, so well. I mean, that's like a huge hit. Yeah. But in the in episode eight, having a guy like Benicio del Toro be this like swashbuckling smuggler guy, and he wasn't Talon Card, oh was yeah. a yeah. huge swing and a miss. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, the whole time I was thinking like that's going to be the reveal, right? And he's going to save the day. Uh, he's gonna Han Solo, right? Where he fucking he he fucking crawfishes, but then he comes back, right? And he fucking blows Vader out of the fucking deal. He could have done that. He didn't do any of it. Didn't do it. <laughs> didn't do it. Total swing and a miss. Joe was favorite. I love that oh, card. No, no, no. Uh, I just that was my shift. I love the ghost. Okay. I'm a big fan of the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Um, I love. Uh, first of all, I mean, I love the whole crew and I love the way that the ship reflects them. Yeah. Um, and I especially love the fact that you can separate out the, um, sort of shuttlecraft part Mm -hmm. so that you can trick people or do whatever you need to do. I just, it's just a fun ship. Yeah. I have a good time watching it. It's awesome. That's a show I need to watch. I've watched (laughs) some, I watched like the first couple, I watched right up until, uh, Ezra is a Jedi. I've seen that much. Oh okay. man, that's where it starts to get really good. Oh, really? I'd agree with okay. that. And yeah, you like fought through the slog just to stop right at the finish line. Because <laughs> uh, it does start getting really good. Rebels has got some great content, and I guess this will kind of like roll into uh, our next topic. But uh, I also think that if there's any Star Wars stuff to watch to get yourself prepared for Obi-Wan, it would probably be Rebels. This is going to be stuff that's going on concurrently with some of the same characters that you're going to see crossing over, um, mostly being the Inquisitors, who I'm very excited to see on live action. I think that'll be pretty cool. Um, And I guess kind of also related to that, if there were any video games that anybody was interested in playing to kind of get hyped for this specific era and like the Obi-Wan and like the, the Jedi purge that's going on, uh, star Wars. Oh shit. What is it? Fallen order. Fallen order follows, uh, Cal Kestis, uh, during the, uh, the Jedi purge. We were just talking about him this morning, weren't we? We were, yeah. He's the he's the uh, ginger the ginger Jedi. He's one of the only ginger Jedi that have ever yeah. made an appearance, and I love him. <laughs> Great. Um, oh, is he the guy also, who looks like Michael on the front of the? Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, or one of the Squire brothers, probably. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's uh it's a terrific game. I truly recommend it. It's great story, great gameplay, lots of fun, but. Uh, yeah, Rebels is definitely one of those things that I would consider like great Star Wars canon and of itself, but getting hyped up for Obi-Wan, uh, that's definitely where, where I would start. I've actually been doing a little bit of a rewatch myself too, so. You, so I, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't do Clone Wars? You would do Rebels? So, uh, well, all right, so. I do, Wars, I would do both or at least yeah. the last like three seasons of Clone Wars. You should do okay. that for the last three seasons of Clone Wars, because that's like primo fucking Clone Wars anyway. Uh, and then roll right into Rebels. I think that would be good. That would be great. That would be like enough to set up like the fall of Anakin and everything that's going on there. Palpatine's machinations, Obi-Wan trying to, you know, do what's right as a Jedi and uh, everything just falling you- around them. Would you rewatch Attack of the Clones or um, Revenge of the Sith, or would you do like a See, uh, I feel like, uh, like a Churchill Martini? Just take it out, look at it, then put it away. <laughs> yes, uh, I feel like 
I feel like Revenge of the Sith would honestly be the the one to go back and do a rewatch of. Like you could probably if you're if you've got the time and you really want to power through uh, the Anakin Padme lines again, uh, go for it. With, yeah, it's great. Uh, but um, but I think that Revenge of the Sith like still absolutely holds up as probably one of the best Star Wars movies made. Um, and my one regret about the revenge of the Sith is that I have never seen a legitimate copy of it. I've only seen the bootleg copy, uh, that my grandma got me once and it was not well filmed in the theater that it was filmed in. You've got Disney plus now. I know. I just haven't used it. The world is your oyster, Joseph. I'm gun shy. It was so bad the first time. What with all the static and people standing up. Yeah. And the fact that it was entirely in Russian. Right. What they said. With Japanese subtitles. <laughs> right. I'm still guessing at the plot. <laughs> you still get the gist of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's pretty, it's pretty it's obvious. Space lasers one, and just. One swords. thing George Lucas does not understand is subtlety. Yeah. No. No, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or so- white slavery. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Jar Jar is the key to this whole thing. Always has been. Another swing and a miss. Not just doing it. Not just saying, guys. You know what? Darth Jedi or Darth Jar Jar. We're doing it. It's he's the. And we're going to reveal that there's always a master. There's always an apprentice. And this whole time, Kylo Ren was the apprentice. And we thought that Snoke was the big bad, but he was just a hologram. And he's got this fucking Jar Jar. And he's that's no Palpatine. Fuck that whole thing. There's no connection to the she's not Rey Skywalker. None of that bullshit. She's just the girl that's got force powers. And and Kylo Ren says, (laughs) I'm 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 no longer I am no longer uh, a knight of knee. We are now the Knights right. of Sheva Pravadum wrong or whatever they say. Right. Mm-hmm. Kylo, uh, Kylo and, and Ray switch so that uh, Ray's the, on the on the dark side and Kylo's on the light side. And then he ends as uh, as as Kylo Binks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Jar Jar weeps. He says, my name's <laughs> Kylo Binks. And then, the, and then the sons of Tatooine, <laughs> John Williams him. theme out. <laughs> and we all go, yes. <laughs> what a great movie. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. And then in the new and then in the new uh, Legends canon, he could be uh, he could have a son named Thackeray who gets turned into a cat. Mm. Did you just go Hocus Pocus? I sure did. I just made Hocus Pocus part of the Star Wars universe. Wow. The crossover I wasn't expecting. Fantastic. Well, they're all Disney properties, too. It's just beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Have either of you guys seen the latest Kenobi trailer? I did watch it. Yes. I missed it. Is it really Uh, good? It gave... Pretty much nothing more away than the first trailer, if you ask me, which is fine. I'm completely all right with. I actually prefer that to some extent. Yeah. Can I I ask your thoughts, Rob, on and maybe I'm maybe my cannons fucked up. Maybe my timelines are wrong. Go on. This. uh, Obi-Wan and 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 Darth Vader didn't. Have this. Uh, tete-a-tete at this time, right? So, not, no, but not necessarily no. Okay. Okay. So, so far as we know, like, the things that have to happen to ensure that a new new hope happens. Uh, Vader can't find, find out that Luke exists. Vader can't find Luke on Tatooine. That does mean that Vader could come to Tatooine in theory. Um, 
but never discover Luke. It also means that Obi-Wan could still encounter Vader at some point in time for some reason or another, be it Inquisitors come to Tatooine, Obi-Wan decides that the way to get Inquisitors off of the Tatooine so that uh, Luke doesn't get discovered is make his way back to Imperial space or go into like the, you know, the belly of the beast. Um, so there could be a confrontation during the time that we saw the two um, between like the Mustafar battle and but before the uh, the Star Destroyer um, encounter on uh, in A New Hope. Uh, so there could have been an interaction there. Um, but like, like I said, they've got to dance around a certain number of things pretty carefully to ensure that they're not like wildly disrupting the story. And I'm sure that they will, but. That's what I was thinking. I, I just. Are you, would you be cool if they wildly disrupted the story? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you'd have to hope that they were doing something with it. I mean, I guess canon's no longer canon. It's canon is what it is, right? Right. Canon canon is what it is. But, that but being do, said, the they do is have... We, we do know... Because Clone Wars is canon. Correct. Correct. Don't get, do they not touch this time at all in Clone Wars? No. So um, the, the closest that you actually get for, like, this time period in terms of... Um, the animated series are, is going to be Rebels for sure. Because at this point in time, you'd say Luke is what? 10 years old? Something like Probably. that? Nine, 10, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, so that means that it would have had to have been 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith. Um, Clone Wars uh, j- just goes up to like the very beginning and like, I mean the very beginning of revenge of the Sith. Um, I believe the, Oh, what's the, the bad batch show. The bad batch show takes place immediately after, um, revenge of the Sith immediately after like (coughs) minutes after, you know, order 66, we've got the new emperor, uh, and the newly reconstructed empire. Um, all of that shit. Vader taking his first breaths. Um, Bad Batch picks up right there and rolls for a little bit. This is 10 years, uh, give or take, after that event. So the Emperor's been around for a while. The Jedi Purge has certainly been going on for a while. Uh, So far as we know, Obi-Wan has been spending the last 10 years bathing in the sun and trying to figure out how to live eternally through the Force. Uh, so hopefully that means a lot of him snorting, uh, Tuscan lizards, but I don't think that we're going to get that lucky. You don't think so? I, I would love to see that happen, but I Do really you think there think will he... be a, I don't think he ever has, uh, uh, he never breaks down the, the, uh, customs and barrier walls that would allow him to, uh, treat with the Tuscan Raiders, uh, since we know how he thinks about him in A New Hope. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I would generally agree with that. He's going to be a hermit and he, for the most part. Living um, antagonistically, antagonistically with them. Yeah, and also living antagonistically with fucking Lars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking Lars. Owen Lars. Fucking Lars. Owen. And he's like, uh, he's like, hey, guy. I'm just living my shit and fucking life here. And then you show up and do like the it's what you must do bullshit. And you talked my wife into it, but I fucking see your shit. Yeah. Like you're going to go train this boy to be a space wizard like you, like you did his dad. Go fuck yourself. yourself. Gotta love that. He he also I haven't fucked Baru since you fucking showed up with this motherfucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> honestly like i'm not gonna lie i'm most excited for his performance i think I, that I he's could, gonna be, do you know I'm, why i'm in town okay i pay for i have to get fucking moisture converters i, I have pay to for feed this little bastard here, okay because that's what i do here because i can't fucking home you know why because we didn't have kids and we only built one fucking bedroom <laughs> 
<laughs> Here I am. You yeah, fucking, you fucking cuckolded me, Doug. Okay. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, while while you guys were talking, I went and I watched the trailer. It's fantastic. I'm very excited now. Yeah. Um, I was listening with one ear to you all, and there is a, a point that somebody has made in in one of the videos about Kenobi. Um, is the the line at the beginning of New or the the duel the line in the duel during the New Hope? Yes. Um, where it was the circle is now complete. When you left me, I was but a learner, but now I, uh, the student has become a master. Um, some fans have pointed out that when Kenobi left Anakin, uh, he left him for dead in Mustafar. Right. Mu- on Mustafar, and so um, there, there is a, an argument to be made that um, their duel in this moment is the sort of opening of the circle, uh, where Vader is is trying on Vader, really for the first time as we know him as fans, sure. um, and and is going to be fighting his old master that way, and so uh, he's probably going to get his ass handed to him, so that when they fight in a new hope. Um, that can happen. Right. Yeah. What he learned was the best way to beat Obi-Wan is to fight him very stodgily. You right. have to just kind of... Um, you have to pretend like your lightsaber is a heavy metal bar. You got to mm-hmm. kind of just whack him. Yeah. Yeah. Try to uh, try to just whack the guy. And then yeah. you in win. The, in the top of the head. <laughs> yeah. With any luck, he will immediately vanish. And then you can use your shoes to poke through his cloak. Well, with, see, with he, luck, the thing is, this weird Jedi self-immolation thing. <laughs> the thing is, it's really just a waiting game. You just got to wait. You're half psych, like half robot as it is. You just got to wait for his old man parts to start falling apart. And then all you have to do is hit him a couple of times. And jump out and like, scare him. He gets all old. Yeah. And, and he's like, you game. know what? Fine. fine. <laughs> This was this might as well happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's better than going back to that fucking sandpit. And Lars What's is wild like, to me, motherfucker, you could have just vanished at any fucking time. <laughs> yeah, I take my moisture farming Isley. apprentice. I come to most Isley to pay to fuck, <laughs> dude. And you're over hey. there with your fucking range finder. I, we can see you, Ben. How <laughs> <laughs> much, by the way, is, is Owen? I didn't look at the actor. Uh, is Owen Lars played by the same guy who played? Yeah. I think his name was Doug in Scrubs. Because uh, he, he looks I like don't know an, about that. That really, that really uh, an aged up version of that really incompetent resident. I know it's the same guy that was from the the movie, from the movie, but uh, it does not necessarily mean that it is not the guy uh, from Scrub from Scrubs. Just a uh, extreme I lack. See of what you're saying, but I'm not sure. I'm still storm. pretty sure the answer is no. While, but, we're, while we're at it, while we're fucking airing some fucking grievances, what's with this old Ben bullshit? Okay, look at you. Look fucking younger than me, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he comes out uh, here. He spends three days in the sun, and now he's now he's old Ben. <laughs> fucking wear some sunscreen, you fucking guy. I mean, he's basically retired at like what forty. I mean, you yeah. probably look pretty young for a while after that. It is unbelievable to me. So you're telling me, by the way, so it's been 10. Kenobi takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Ballpark. OK, so in nine years, he goes from Ewan McGregor to Alex Guinness. Well, yeah, those, listen, those fucking tattoos. It's a rough sons. nine years. There's it's two sons. There's two sons. Oh, so time goes twice, twice as, as fast. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's the time. We've all seen the time knife cheating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's just physics. Oh, um, God. Uh, so uh, funny. So I guess uh, other things that I wanted to talk about uh, in regards to the Kenobi trailer. Uh, 
So you mentioned, I think, earlier in the week, uh, week, Rye, that they had potentially done a redesign for the Grand Inquisitor. I don't know if I noticed any, like, I, I noticed that the shots were different, but I don't know if there was actually, like, much that I noticed design-wise that changed. Uh, if they did any changes, I'd be intrigued to see how they actually, like, play it out. I need to probably go through and look and see if there are any better photos for it. But, um, but at, I will say, at the very least, uh, a different angle does wonders for that big ass head. Uh, right. Which is, which is nice. Which is nice. You got to know your angles. Know your angles. Know your lighting. Um, yeah, from one then, angle, he's Hey Arnold Inquisitor. Exactly. So you always shoot upwards at the chin, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, my other thought was, uh, I don't know if there... Uh, I feel like there's going to have to be some sort of big, big secret, big draw in this that kind of opens up the Star Wars universe a little bit more, Right. Like, we know that it's, this is supposed to just be, like, a big climactic encounter between um, between Obi-Wan, the Inquisitors, and Vader. But, like, surely they've got to have a little bit something more that's going to play out here. Um, I really hope that one of the Inquisitors that we get introduced to is some retcon form of Vader's new apprentice. Starkiller. They've already been referenced in Rogue One, and I'd really like to see the character come back in some form or fashion. Even if it's not necessarily like the Force Unleashed Starkiller who's pulling Star Destroyers out of the sky and crashing them into planets. Uh, I, I think that a new Vader's Apprentice would be cool, and it would also potentially set up for uh, plenty of other subsequent stories that could take place and hopefully slowly phase out the sequel trilogy. But that's Jar Jar Binks is Vader's apprentice. It comes full circle. The circle is now closed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really, speaking of Jar Jar Binks, as we have uh, too much almost. uh, (laughs) Not nearly enough. I really want a Jar Jar miniseries that covers the time on the island with his parents. Honestly surprised that they haven't put out some like even just like a like a Marvel one shot 10 minute short. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the funniest scenes in all of Star Wars, and we'll probably never see it on screen. Oh, Makes sweet me sad. Jar Jar. Sweet fucking Jar Jar. So do he all was... the three of us know what I'm referring to? I don't. Okay. Do you want to know? Yeah. Wait, yeah, is, this so... like, is this like Google Blue Waffle? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a comic run that focus on, focuses on Jar Jar and his parents. Okay. And at one point in the story, they end up on a deserted island. And Jar Jar's dad, sick of Jar Jar's hijinks because he's just a normal guy, whereas Jar Jar seems to have something fucking wrong with him, uh, gets ready to kill himself because he can't take it anymore. And right at the last second, uh, his wife is trying to talk him out of killing himself. And uh, I don't know. I can't remember if it's because he's a Binks or if Jar Jar distracts him. But when he pulls the trigger, he misses his head. And it was his last like the last charge in his blaster. (laughs) <laughs> so because he's a Binks he has a failed suicide I, it's, it's, it's something along those lines and the best part is that uh, right before he pulls the trigger the way she tries to stop him is she's like think of your son you have to live for your son and there's like uh, like, a, like a three square like thinking Pause. about it thinking about it pulling the trigger <laughs> Jesus <laughs> It's easily the darkest moment in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, which might be why it's so funny to me. Yeah, it's very um, cyanide and happiness. Yes. It's very cyanide and happiness. Uh, in and of itself, also a great title of something. 
But cyanide and happiness? Yes. Famously never been used before. We should start a business right now. Uh, okay, cool. Nobody's on board. Just uh, me. Sorry, I'm, I, I was. I'll go. No, is that all you have? I mean, that's your elevator no. pitch. Yeah, we gotta start a business. Here's the thing: we gotta figure out what the next big thing is. Okay, and oh, we just yeah. gotta do it. I thought that's right. what you were doing. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Let's figure. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, all I'm, we need are the crystals. We just need oh, the kyber crystals, guys. I am. I am not gonna. I'm not kidding. I am also. Uh, I am also in. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever it is, we end up doing. Just the, the big thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hyper regional small batch craft whiskey. <laughs> Hyper regional. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta. It's gonna take me a second to actually type all that down. <laughs> Hyper regional, small batch, craft whiskey. That's the one. It's uh, the longest show title we've had in um, four hundred episodes. So I, right. I, I wish I would have been able to do the uh, Jason Pilesing uh-huh. ability to say we've had this many minutes of airtime or this is how many times, Rob, you've missed the show or whatever to actually be able to say definitively you've been on the show uh, 362 of the 400 episodes or whatever. Sure. And uh, I don't have any of that information. I just think it's wild that by happenstance, I double booked some stuff. Some things got moved around. It pushed into a baseball game and we're recording without Nick, mm-hmm. which is always a bummer because he Wait, always Nick's brings. Not here? No, he's not here. We haven't discussed that until just now. But oh, we started fuck. this show 400 episodes ago with just the three of us. And 400 episodes later, it's just the three of us again. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Back to the basics. I I had to take a second to find the name, so I made the joke right. But uh, don't feel too bad. We can't all be a velvet-voiced Adrian Monk type of person. That's true. It is true. 400 episodes. We have surpassed 50 times. Podcast Weekly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they're only at 360-some episodes. Um, okay. We've been recording since December 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not planning on stopping. I look forward to uh, this every week. Mm-hmm. This um, is the thing I do on Wednesday nights. It's the thing I do on Wednesday nights. And I've got money and equipment, and I built a studio in a house that I built just to do this. Right. So I built a whole house just to podcast. I built a whole house just to podcast. That is (laughs) that is the most me thing that's ever (laughs) me. The guy who has a holiday named after himself, which is this weekend, by the way. I think. Oh, hey! I hear somebody's having a uh, cookout. We should have you over for it. Is today, was today Cinco de Mayo? Uh, no, it was Cinco de Mayo. No, tomorrow. Oh, God damn, it's tomorrow. May the 5th. Cinco, is it midnight? Cinco de Cuatro. Oh, yeah, just about. Happy Cinco Jeez. de Cinco, everyone. Happy wow. Cinco de Cinco. Cinco de Miracle. What? Miracle Whip? Yeah. The miracle Boy. Ugh. The Miracle Whip Iroquois. <laughs> if the Iroquois were Miracle Whip, what Indian tribe is mayonnaise? Uh, I don't know how to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see the Will Arnett show Murderville? No. Oh, no. Is it, it's really uh, good, though, I'm sure. It is really good. And one episode, he is with... Uh, Camille Nanjiani. Okay. Outstanding. And and (laughs) so it's all like a live action improv, right? And uh, Camille is an improv guy. So 
he was really hard to get like flustered or caught off guard or anything. And at one point, uh, Will Arnett says, you do it in a, in a, like a something Pakistani, uh, accent, but don't make it racist. And Camille looked at him and said, you do it and don't make it racist. (laughs) (laughs) And he forced, he forced Will Arnett to do it. To like, he put him in like a real hard spot. So when I said, Rob, what what Indian tribe is mayonnaise? And you were like, I don't know what to do here. That's what it reminded me of. Thank you. That was a very good, very good throwback. I love it. Uh, I'm too Winko to Wido to answer that question. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, what's that? I'm going through a tunnel. Yeah. Sorry, I've got some potatoes to be uh, working on. I've got some potatoes to decide whether or not to drink now or <laughs> ferment and ferment and eat later. Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, Joe! What are you geeking on this week? Um, I am. I am probably geeking on uh, our, our good friend Danger in town. Nice. And so uh, we've just been hanging out, running around, doing doing fun stuff. And so uh, today we went down to the uh, the Field Museum downtown and and hung out with the dinosaurs and uh, nice. had a really good time. Old Sue, yep, yep. Almost, I thought about buying merch for my stepmom, which I thought I thought would be fun. What? I said you take Sue out for a spin. Yep, yep. No, we made I sure to bring our bongos. A very mediocre drummer, <laughs> right? I hmm. I don't want to be on the record as saying I don't know if he has rhythm, but oh, oh, the record the speculation. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was it was very fun. I had a good time. Got myself a little Quetzalcoatlus uh, dinosaur yeah. figurine from the uh, the five dollar mold machine. Very nice. Which is always fun. So <laughs> it was it was a really good time. Uh, and then, uh, the other thing is, uh, we've been watching, um, I have already seen it. Y'all have already seen it. Jacob had never seen it before. Uh, we've been watching through arcane. Nice. So good. Yeah. And I gotta say it's, I liked it the first time. I'm really liking it the second time. Good. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, that'll be my next, uh, my next animated rewatch. I, I just finished, uh, invincible. Uh, two oh. nights ago, nice. I, I, I had just watched it again. So I, when do we get be, new uh, seasons of that? I say, when's the, when's the second season of that coming? Okay, so I, I don't think there's anything confirmed, but I remember a couple weeks ago seeing an article that uh, oh god, what's his name who created it? Um, Kirkman, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that they were uh, at, uh, working on uh, the, the later episodes of season two and that like, Oh, your minds will be blown or whatever. Cool. Sure. Outstanding. Unbelievably outstanding. I wish, I wish I, that's, it's such a great, the fact that like every character's name and attributes are just like mixtures and homages to current things that we all know and love. Such a brilliant idea. It's a great show, but I would love to, I, I I had kind of forgot about Arcane, so I I would love to rewatch that. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm also I'm just as a sidebar with Arcane. I'm especially appreciative of the animation this time around. I did not realize how much of it. I mean, it's all done in a computer or or in a tablet or whatever, but it's almost all animated by hand. It's almost all hand drawn. That's incredible. So the uh, all the backdrops are painted in like. Uh, you know, some painting program and all, all by hand. And so are the, uh, the two dimensional effects. And then the, uh, the style of animation they use is called keyframe animation. And uh, what you do with keyframe is you draw the figure and then you move it from one point to another and the software fills in the rest. Uh, typically nowadays they do something uh, similar to, they, they use mocap for, for most animation. So mm-hmm. This is this is literally as close to the old hand drawn shit from Disney uh, as you can get without giving up your computer device. So I just wow. think it's neat. 
I it really cool. admire it and respect it and am excited. Well, by you're it, Cartoon so. Joe. You have no choice, really. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, so probably that. Probably Arcane and, and the Field Museum. Uh, Rob, you've been quiet for like 30 seconds. Oh, nice. What are you geeking on this week? Uh, so I have been slowly uh, delving further into the Warhammer pool. Uh, so I have convinced a handful of my buddies to get into 40k kill team, which is, uh, a small, like squad based, um, war game rather than doing like huge giant armies. It's group sizes of like between six and maybe 20 on the, uh, higher end. So a much smaller model count, a much smaller board, uh, and instead of it being um, long turns, like I take my whole turn and then you take your whole turn, it's alternating activation. So I go, I move this unit, you move your unit. It's kind of a little bit more like chess. I move, you move, I move, you move rather than whole turn, pass, your whole turn, pass. Um, so it's a little bit more punchy. And I am really excited to start putting some of my miniatures together. Uh, I am going to be playing the Drukhari, which are the uh, dark elves who are real fucking weird and real fucking scary, and I like them quite a bit. Uh, so pretty hyped about that. Pretty hyped. Indeed. That sounds fun. I just right. wish it, I wish I just wish it all came uh, assembled and ready to go. Yeah, I have actually really been getting into the whole assembly process. I haven't gotten much into painting. I've done like mostly like Xanathal priming for everything. Like, so everything's still just black and white at this point. But I think with just like a moderate amount of effort, just black prime and a little bit of like white dusted on it to give it some like shadows and depth. Like, I think that makes it pretty much table ready. I'm sure that if you were going to like an actual Warhammer tournament, they'd have a problem with it. But I think it looks real fucking good, just monochromatic like. But one of these days I'll get some paints and actually start or get some more paints and actually start painting some miniatures up. But right now I'm still just cranking these motherfuckers out and it seems like there is no end in sight i've still got like a whole couple of like star wars legion kits of just roger rogers and droidicas and shit that i need to put together but yeah nice yeah one of these days uh rye what about you maybe so i love cooking and there's been things i've wanted to cook that i just can't because i don't have the tools for it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so uh i'm tired i got tired of that so i just i bought a bunch of stuff that i wanted to buy and i started cooking with it and um mm-hmm. it's kind of changed a lot of the home chefery like uh mm-hmm. i just got an instapot nice. I, and oh, I and, nice and i and i don't know if you guys use those i, I have one i mostly use it for rice okay i want to touch on the rice it makes the best rice you've ever had yes by yeah. a lot um, it's unbelievably good rice. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. like, like if I never use it for anything else or any of the other functions, that's completely worth, worth it. it. That's yeah. completely fine. It's the best yeah. rice I've ever had. And yeah. I made, so I made um cilantro lime rice the other yeah. night. Oh. And, and guys, it Chipotle was Chipotle style. Well, yeah, but I so I did uh, I did um lime and i did salt and i did cilantro and um basil and I, 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 I did cilantro cilantro basil lime rice salt lime rice nice um and i and i served that with a um i, I did like a banh mi chicken thing okay Ooh. and we made like banh mi rice bowls and guys, it was really good. And it was all done in like um, four minutes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. You got some ju- julep wine, uh, rice and, uh, and banh mi. That's amazing. It's, it's in, guys, it's incredible. I put like nine chicken breasts in there and put a little bit of chicken stock in the bottom. And in 
10 minutes, I had like fork shreddable, perfectly cooked shredded chicken that we fucking just threw right on tacos. Hmm. And so we'll routinely from from here until the end of July are like we're picking one kid up from a practice that ends at seven o'clock and then we're going to a game that starts at eight and the game's two hours long. We get home. It's like 1030. We haven't had dinner. And so mm-hmm. we eat, we eat like shit. Well, now I can have like a like a shredded chicken sandwich in like nine minutes. So by the time we get like the kids cleaned up and in, you know, enough for bed, by the time that's all done, I can have dinner. And it this thing is incredible. I've like I I didn't have one for the longest time because I'm like, come on, if you're going to braise ribs, fucking braise ribs. Right. Don't fucking cheat. Fucking do it. You know, get it. Nah, or, get the time machine. Or fucking right. cheat. Right. Well, now it's don't like, matter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Fact. If I can make just as good in, in fucking nine minutes, why? I'm not even cheating. I'm just if you um, if you have a headache, you take aspirin. You don't fucking just fucking wait for it right. to go away. Yeah. yeah. If your eyes are bad, you wear glasses or get LASIK. Right. Yeah. You don't just say, well, I guess I'm fucking stupid now. Yeah. You don't it's- do that. It's the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. Real people with real eyesight. <laughs> so anyway, I guess what I'm saying is if you don't own an Instapot, buy one, it'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I've been geeking I gotta use my on my, I've been geeking on my Instapot. I've been uh, loving, uh, I'll share the website with you guys. It's like uh, one pot Instapot meals where it's like add everything at once, Instapot it fucking it like uh, right out of the Instapot right into a bowl. And I'm so into that. My my fr- uh, my French onion soup takes twelve hours to make. I cook it all night long. You wake up in the morning, my house is like a French fucking laundry. And I've always said that the Instapot French onion soup is like twenty two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Did you try it? Is it the same? It's well, no. I'm I'm gonna I'm guessing okay. it's the same. I'm just curious. I'm I'm intrigued to find out. I would love it to be the same. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Anyway, I'm geeking on this. I love it. I'm pretty hyped about it, actually. Yeah, I, I love that for you. Um, and I, I'm, I mean that sincerely. I said it with a jaunty tone, I but I just have a I, jaunty tone. I, I know you did. <laughs> but between like my, uh, I act like I went out and I bought like one of those like deep frying turkey setups and mm-hmm. I've got my griddle top. And I've got a sous vide machine and I've got an Instapot and it's like there's I've got I've got nice knives and I've got cutting boards and it's like there's nothing now I can't cook if I wanted to cook it. And it's Mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty cool. It's been pretty damn cool. Yep. And I'm lucky I've got like three kids who will just um, they'll try anything. So like I That's made awesome. a I made a like a Yats ripoff etouffee, a chicken etouffee. Oh yeah yeah. All and right. and Josie's like, what is this? And I said, well it's it's chili cheese chicken etouffee. And she's like, I love chili cheese chicken etouffee. I'll eat it every day. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. You know it's true because it rhymed. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. I didn't even mean it. Didn't even mean it to be that way. Yep. Yep. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> if you like what you heard. Hey, oh, you well, beat me to it. One second before you pivot to that. I, I do have one ah. additional thing I'm geeking on. Uh, a stat that we missed to cover. And that is that we have officially made it mm-hmm. 50 times the average length of a podcast. Yes. We five zero. That's true. That's true. Pretty fucking cool. Pretty yeah. fucking cool. Big proud of us. So thanks for sticking with us, listeners. Thank you to Moldova. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you're. Mm-hmm. I know you're new to the show. I know you're going through some shit right now yeah. too. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, want you to know that we are. Uh, we think about you all the time, and it's a butt of a joke. But yeah. uh, we actually sincerely thank you for making us very popular there. <laughs> yeah. Thank. Uh, thank you, Jason Piles, for your help in get us getting us started. Uh, thank you. Um, to our patrons. Weird beeswax company. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Previous coffee companies. (laughs) Uh, Thank you to a lot of our uh, early guests um, that have become friends and that have come, you know, uh, from Alex Yard to the guys from Wayward Raven, Mark and ASAP to David uh, Solomonson, David uh, Solomonson, Mitch Gittleman, Alex Alex Blumberg, Scott Woodard. Ewalt. Um, uh, David, uh, David M. Ewalt. Yes. Ah, okay. I couldn't remember if he was another David. We got we've got a lot of Davids on the show. We have a lot of Davids on the show. But thank you to all, all of those people. And, and yeah, all you Davids. All the Davids. Dave the Fish. And uh, all the Mitch Gittlemans of the world. Big hand out to Dave the Fish. He's he uh if I told him right now to, to add up how many minutes we've posted on the internet, he would he would uh, count he would, every single minute. He would count every single one of them, and then he would even find other podcasts that we have guested on, so he could have a true uh, figure for all of us. And uh, yeah, so he's pretty cool. He's a pretty cool. Cat. Yeah. Thanks to Nick, the guest, for guesting on like I don't know, three hundred and eighty of our three hundred and eighty. You couldn't be here today, buddy, but you know, uh, we also know you love Star Wars, but you're also yeah. doing the dad thing. That's cool too. Allegedly. Hey, and to um, maybe our most devoted listener, the one who gives us the most feedback anyway, um, to Uncle Tom. Yeah. Uncle uh, Tom. Thanks, man. St. Amesley himself. Thank you. St. Amesley's. St. Amesley. St. Amesley who makes the soup. St. Amesley who makes the soup gin is a thing that <laughs> must become a thing. Yes. Like, uh, I don't know what sort of bathtub still I need to get so we can start fine tuning St. <laughs> Ainsley, who makes the soup gin, so we can make gin and tomers. I'm uh, not fucking, I'm not fucking around right now. <laughs> I'm in. Wow. Okay. We, that's the next, that's the next big thing. Yeah. That, that, and now we can start our cyanide and happiness business. Hyper, <laughs> Hyper regional small batch craft vodka. I mean, gin. <laughs> if you liked what you heard tonight, if you want to power us through 400 more, the best thing you could do is get on your little podcast aggregator, wherever you listen to us. Give us a five star review and um, tell us how thankful you are that we've done this for you, our fans. Tell us how grateful you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're my biggest fan if we we appreciate you telling us but if you wanted to show us how grateful you are you can do so over at patreon.com slash geekcast live and if you wanted to show the world how grateful you are you can go to gcl.threadless.com pick and yourself up a t-shirt if you don't want to be grateful or you want to be even uh, I don't know I don't know where I was going with that. If you want to get a hold of us, if you want to talk at us at all, go ahead and find us on the uh, uh, socials at Geekcast Live. If you want to send us hate hate mail, you can always send it to at Geekcast Nick on Twitter. Oh, and also visit the (laughs) website that I made. (laughs) You did make it. That's true. Uh, That was violentpress.com. That's dope. Yeah, that is. That's a 400 episode. You think we'd be able to close (laughs) this What is left? Uh, I think that's it. Excellent. Call your grandparents. We'll see See you in hell. hell. See you in hell. Bye. Hey, everyone. Nico here. And as always, we just want to take a minute to thank all those degenerates, 'er ne'er-do-wells, and supporters who make this ill-fated machine stumble to the finish line. We could not do it without you, for better or worse. So thank you, as always, to Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lotta Bartova, Kelly Shuttleward, the Poly Nerds, the K-Man, Quentin Quattrain, my man Dan Shale, Randy the Bang Bus, Bang Bus, Hapless Sam McGillicuddy, Churchill Dowds, I don't know if that's their official website, that might be porn, Rose Rosenstein, Sandy Hornblower, <laughs> that's a Grumpkin's flight right there, that's from, what is that? Charleston, uh, Pinkert Hagers. We've got Jew Dave, which is Dave the Fish. Girl from Thereaways, Three Finger Emily. We love all of you. Get in on the action. You know where to follow us. If not, Joe will tell you. 
I'm not reading that name because that's not a real person, but the rest of you are. We love you. Thank you, as always.